Hello everybody, welcome back to In Kyle's Combo. Now it's great to be, it's great to be back and it's great to be um, back talking to more people that are involved in podcasting and things like that. And uh, today's guest is like, we had a conversation about, you know, a story and, you know, obviously as people know with Matt, me being nine years sober and stuff, it's crazy how you can like, you meet people and you never really know the stories, but you kind of click. It's uh, his, his name is Jack Stacy. How are you doing, mate? I'm good to yourself. Yeah, I'm good. Yeah, I'm good. I appreciate your time as well. You know, I, you know, thank you very much. But um, now your story is no like, problem. you know, reading your, reading your profile is, is crazy. Do you want to give, you know, do you want to give us a brief overview before we like we dive into like various different subjects of your story? Yeah, it can do. So in essence, I've sort of always been an entrepreneur, so so to speak, uh, from a young young age. I uh, started in the health and fitness industry when I was 19 years old. Uh, eventually, I built that up from the ground up to opening my own gym within, I think it was two years. And then within a year, year from that, I upgraded to a bigger facility. Um, so I was doing that. In between then, I set up little businesses here and there, like a hot tub business, a naked butlering business. Uh a few other things so I've sort of always been like on the entrepreneur journey um I then became a dad and I found that I was struggling to balance my, my work-life balance of being present as a dad and then being present as an entrepreneur this sort of led to like massive overwhelming stress um and then because I was so stressed I started dealing with all these vices drugs alcohol all sorts and basically then hit rock bottom uh, and then I've rebuilt to where I am today basically to, to this podcast yeah awesome yeah and uh now to go from you know what if you don't mind me asking what age were you when you became a dad um good question I'm 29 now so I was 26 27 so my oldest son Woody is uh two and a half so do the maths on that I'm, I'm not I'm not very good when it comes to years and dates and whatnot <laughs> Well, yeah, yeah, would have been twenty six. That's 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 a young. I can see why you kept, you got stressed as well with being a dad at like a young age. You know, what I mean, that's that's yeah. And with your um, you know, with you being an entrepreneur as well, where when you were younger, where did that spirit come from? Was is it did, was it a family thing or was it just you were like you know I just want to do something different from the casual nine to five type thing. <laughs> Um, to be fair, it probably stems from like my childhood. Like my mum and dad were we were working class family. Um, my mum and dad, especially my mum, had like a, a really good work work ethic, so to speak. So she was constantly at work all the time, work, work, work. Uh, same with my dad. Obviously, I've got three older brothers and sisters, um, so they had to be working to provide, etc. Um, and I always remember when it like in junior school so you know like when we did like school plays or anything like that other mums and dads come um, and my mum and dad wouldn't be able to come because they were working and it's not because they didn't love me or anything like that it was just because like they were busy working and providing that way so I feel always in the back of my mind I always used to say I remember saying I'm, I'm going to work for myself so I can when I'm a dad I can come to these shows and I've always had that in my mind even when I wasn't a kid it was like I'm my own boss because I've got my own freedom um, and I think that's sort of just where it stems from like I'm a control freak in essence like I want to be in complete control of my life I don't like someone dictating to me when I've got to work what I've got to do I, I'm very sort of anti-authority so to speak yeah the Hence why you started up, you know, the gym and that is at night. That's at night at 19. You said, is that right? You know, does that when was that when you, um, yeah, was that when you had it as an official gym or was it just like a unit for like maybe you and your mates or what was the at 19? What was the transition? <clears throat> so it was basically, I started off, it was like your traditional boot camps or like your exercise classes. So uh, to to get the money to start off with, I sort of got a summer job, which then turned into a year job, which was working at Legoland Discovery Centre, which was in Manchester. Uh, and I was on like £3.57 an hour, so I had to work constantly to get the money. Um, I knew sort of where I wanted to get to, and at the time I was doing martial arts, uh, martial arts and I was training people there, and I sort of developed the passion, and then I was like, you know what, I'm just going to go into this full-time, like... I was young, I still lived at home with my mum and dad and I thought I'm just going to risk it. Like if I fail, I fail like I'll just end up back back where I was. So I saved all the money. Um, I was then looking around actually on YouTube and I was searching like how to build a successful gym business. 
and I seen there was a, this American Bedros Kulian, and he was like putting out videos like what you need to do to build a business, and I basically just followed his advice. So I went to my my school, which I used to go to, and then went to college there, and I only had a year out. And I, the headmaster I got on quite well with when I was in school, um, and I just basically went to him and said, "Look, I want to set this business up." I'm thinking of doing it for charity for a year, uh, for a month. Um, can you help me with it? Um, and we agreed that if I was to do that, they'll give me the the gym space for free. Um, but in return, I'll have to work at the school like two days a week or whatever. So that's sort of how I got my foot in the door. So I got a free space, um, and then did the advertising myself. So I put um, something in the local messenger in the newspaper. Uh, then went I printed off a load of leaflets, went and did a big leaflet drop and just sort of got started that way. I think it's a long time ago. Uh, I think we had like 50, 60 people turn up. Um, I know we ended up donating over a thousand pounds and it went to cancer research. Um, so yeah, it did pretty well, but that's basically how I started and then just built from there really. Oh, uh, damn, at 90, that's not a lot of people at that young age are they're obviously entrepreneurial nowadays but again with me like i was saying before the podcast moving 27 back you know 10 you know nine eight years ago something along those lines it's not people are very like uh people were not that type thing it was going out and partying and thinking i know exactly what i'm talking about there in a way you know have power and a lot of fun um without actually taking you know your education slash like business life too seriously i feel like there has been a huge we interested to hear from yourself as well there has been a huge transition from you know being going out partying and now it's very entrepreneurial business and stuff what's your what's your opinion on that yeah no I would agree like for me it was I knew I didn't need to go to uni to do what I needed to do so I I treated this as like my sort of uni Uh, I had friends who went to uni at the time uh, and I remember saying to him I'm going to make more money than you get into debt and like that was sort of just in my head it's like this is my uni I'm going to make money like and that's basically how I treated it. Building that was my university. I wasn't a big drinker at the time. Um, and I think because I had older brothers growing up now, they were like 10 years older than me. So when I was like eight or nine, they would come in pissed from the pub and I'll just see them in a state and I'll just be like, I don't want to drink. So I'd think I think as I got older, I started to drink. But like at an early age, I wasn't much of a drinker. I w- like even as a teenager, I would sit in and play my Xbox or go to the gym rather than going out on the park and getting pissed. In essence, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's definitely a you know a better way to be it that way. But um, I'm curious to you know reading your profile and what you said as well. It's then you help dad entrepreneurs. I don't I don't know if that's how you yeah. say it. Dad entrepreneurs. Dad, dad. I I call them dadpreneurs. So it's dadpreneurs. just a mixture of a dad. A dad, an entrepreneur, push them together, dadpreneur. <laughs> That's awesome idea. Now, if somebody, uh, um, before we get in, you know, to various different things, if somebody wanted to come on and um, for you to help them as a dadpreneur, how would you, how would they go about getting in touch with you and what kind of stuff would, you, and then on top of that as well, what kind of stuff would you do with them? Okay, awesome. So, well, if I was clever, I would actually have my landing page and everything set up so I could direct people straight there. But because it's all going through editing at the minute, it's not. So the best way to sort of find out more about me and what I do is probably listening to my podcast, which is Ambitions of the Dad. Um, yeah, so that's on Spotify, iTunes, Amazon, it's wherever. Um, so yeah, you can listen to me on there, find out more about me and what I do there. Um and when someone works with me, it's, it's different, really, in essence. We have, like, the same structure. So I've got a program called the Life Shift Program. And this is just helping that, that overwhelmed entrepreneur, so to speak. So someone who is struggling with, like, the business life and being a dad at the same time. So they're just overwhelmed by it all. A bit where I was a couple of years ago. Um, and in essence, we take them to be a successful dadpreneur. Now, by successful, I don't mean I'm going to help you build a hundred thousand pound a year business or a million pound a year business success is what it is to you like to me and most of my clients it is being able to spend time with family it is looking after your health it is being the best version of yourself and being a present dad that to me is sort of success if I can run my own business I've got the freedom to do what I want like this podcast in the middle of the day and then I can go in the house and play with my kids 
that is quite successful to me. I'm living the life there. So there's lots of things we do, but like it's things people do but take for granted. So we'll look at like optimizing your sleep so you can have more energy throughout the day. We'll look at like the type of foods that you're eating. Um, we'll look at like your sort of exercise, like your recovery, your routine. It's just simple things to make you a better person and a better dad, really. And a massive one which people sort of tend to forget is just managing time when you're a dad you're running a business you can get overwhelmed with it all but actually having a system in place to control your time uh, changed my life massively to be fair yeah yeah awesome awesome yeah and again props to you for helping people as well i think that's what we need more people like um you know being involved in podcasts and media from all different types of backgrounds. That's the thing, not just like specific things, like he's like having a conversation or anything like that. It needs to be like, I feel it needs to be like multiple different avenues, if that makes sense. Um, but- no, 100% like, so, no, 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 I, all I was gonna say, all I was gonna say, oh, my nose is going red, I'm cold, I've got an itchy nose there. But um, <laughs> all I was gonna say is the sort of reason I started the podcast was the podcast I sort of listens to, maybe like business or health related, it seems to be always by people who on the outside look like they've got the, the shit together, like the stuff together and like they're not necessarily very relatable. So the reason I started the podcast is I would, I am just literally a normal person. Like I'm not a multimillionaire driving a Lamborghini or anything like that. I, I feel like I'm quite relatable. I've gone through what most people go through and I don't feel... I don't feel there's that that type of podcast out there for people where it's just quite relatable. It's always we're living in dreamland, like, look at me, I'm living on a beach, or I've got all this money, like, listen to what I'm saying. I don't feel there's a podcast out there for the normal person, so to speak. Yeah, I feel that, that um, and to be honest with you, as people know, that's why I don't speak to necessarily a lot of people that I have. I mean, I have had quite successful people on, but it's not all based at the success people because I, I feel there's too many people that have like the top, top, top guests that just aren't relatable. Whereas if you have guests that yeah. aren't relatable every now and again, as special ones, it's just easier. So you're better catching people and speaking to them on the way up type thing. That's just kind of, it's kind of, you know, I'm kind of, I, I, I definitely feel you on that one. That's the way I run this podcast. But now with your, with um, your gym and that, as I said to you before, the, the, podcast is definitely an aspiration of mine and anybody that my training partners and that know that we we're lucky enough to have a private facility um to train at but it's not a gym it's like literally you know for the boys you know for the people that compete in that type of thing so yeah. it's a little bit different but you know and uh, we were wanting to go about having a um our own gym and you know just like kind of like make people come in and have people we know even have, have people like yourself just come down and have you know bring people in how did you um what advice would you give somebody people like you know that wants to go out there and start their own gym so advice a better question would be advice that when if somebody looks on youtube like you did what would advice would you want yourself to see that they could see if that makes sense yeah so opening a gym is cool like it is a good dream but you've got to remember when you open a gym it's it's not necessarily that you're opening a business and like the first protocol when it comes to business is you've got to learn how to sell and market yourself. If you don't know necessarily how to market yourself, so to build that audience so people know who you are and then you don't know how to sell them into your business, it's not going to work. No matter how much money you spend on the business, the latest, latest equipment you've got, everything like that, that doesn't sell it. It's your marketing and how you actually sell the program. Um, and I feel that's where a lot of people fail. And same with like the personal training. I see growing up now, I train here in my home gym, so I don't necessarily go into gyms now. Um, but what I see like a lot of personal trainers, especially boys, men, whatever you want to call them, um, they'll go to the gym, they'll do some curls, they'll get big biceps and they're like, yeah, I'm going to become a personal trainer now. People are going to hire me because the way I look. But within like a couple of weeks, six weeks, they're back working at Tesco's on the supermarket because they don't realize like the fundamentals is marketing and selling yourself. So I would say they're probably like the, the two massive fundamentals is you got to learn to market yourself. You got to then learn how to sell the product once you've got the people in front of you and you've got to be consistent with it as well. You can't just do it once. You've got to do it day after day after day after day and it will sort of compound effect to then eventually when you'll have loads of people but 
that is what I would recommend: market and sales. Yeah, and you have to kind of have a story when with being a you know with being in personal training and weight loss and stuff. You kind of have to have a story about you. Like there has to be something because, as you're saying, there's. I mean, I could go on, you know, I could go on my phone right now and probably go on Instagram and get a thousand, and honestly, a thousand personal trainers just by typing the word personal trainer in Instagram or Twitter. Like, there's tons mm-hmm. of people. But I guess if you have a, like you're saying, if you have um, something about you, it, it will make a huge difference. You know what I mean? For, you know, yeah, it's, anybody, but. Yeah, I've always sort of been taught, like, stories tell, facts sell, if you know what I mean. Yeah, so, yeah. like. You should tell the story, build the relationship because especially in the gym business and personal training, it is a relationship business. It's not, you want that person to keep coming back. You want them to enjoy the experience when they come to the gym and how you do that is by creating the good relationships. So I feel a lot of people need to like reframe their mind with it. Uh, Marketing and sales, it is tough, but there's so many courses out there, so many books you can read. And you can just basically do what I did. I hired mentors who were good at it, learned from them, and then just took the skills on myself, basically. So it might sound daunting. Oh, I don't know how to sell. I don't know how to market. But it's a, a learnable skill, if you know what I mean. Yeah, and as, you know, but with 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 social media being, you know, it, it's you know we're, we're talking about, um, and which we also get into um, is you know much. A detail as we can but you know with you know people having you know vices and stress relief and things that i like what we're talking about and uh social media i feel is a vice now i don't mean it's a drug or nothing like that it's, it's nothing along those lines but it's a it's a good stress relief if you know you, you're like oh, you know i just want to take a break from life you go on social media but with being involved in business and social media and podcasting and that um I feel you kind of have to like not watch what you say on social media, but maybe refrain from certain things. Now, I don't mean like all the stuff you just shouldn't say. And I know people will know exactly what I'm talking about. Just stuff that just you just don't say. There's certain things you stay away from because it's just you just don't do that. But subjects that, you know, you kind of need to like monitor you kind of what, you know, you put on social media to an extent. If that if, if that if you know what I mean, but like. Do you would you say yeah, that in your you got, opinion you don't want to offend people? Effectively, yeah. Would you would you <laughs> would you say in your opinion nowadays that you kind of do need to watch what you put on social media, even when it comes to like rep, not just like we're not not the bait, not the the stuff that people are probably thinking, but just like anything because it comes in terms of like representing yourself. You know, as you're saying, representing your children, your um, wife, your boyfriend, girlfriend, all that sort of stuff. What's your opinion on that? Yeah. I th- in essence, you're always gonna have you're you're always gonna offend someone no matter what you do. Like so, I feel that like you've you've got to know what you stand for as a person. You're not gonna get on with every person that you meet, um, and just online is just poof, it's just so much bigger. So yes and no. Like you obviously want you want to be careful because it is sort of your reputation. But as long as you know who you are, what you stand for, your values. I would just be putting them out. You're not going to get along with everyone, um, and that's good. Like you, you'll attract the more people who are like you, uh, rather than trying to please everyone. And that's something I've had to learn in the past. I started marketing, trying to please everyone. I was getting people into the gym, but they weren't my people. Um, so I never actually got on with them, and they never actually stayed. But once once I started putting my actual true self out there, like marketing myself properly. I started getting my actual people in. So I feel without being too harsh, you need to sort of start show what your values are, what you stand for, um, and put that message out there. But obviously within extremes, like yeah, yeah, you, just be a good good person and put your message out there. Don't be going slating people for the, for the sake of it. Yeah, yeah, but they're yeah. things I've had to learn the hard way. Mm. You and me both. But, uh, and, <laughs> I had to learn. I had to learn that you know, someone that someone I had to learn the hard way. I think when it comes to that side of stuff, is if someone writes a negative comment, I used not any not. If this was prior, probably prior this podcast and another podcast I used to be involved in, um, it was just about weightlifting and that. But they, you know, we both went off to like do our own things, and un- he went off to uni and stuff. So it just it naturally collapsed. But uh, with this one, it's a uh, it was. You know, I used to reply back to like hateful comments or if someone would like take the mic of what you wear or something, I'd be like, you know, who do you think you're talking to? Why don't 
you know, why don't you like keep your negativity to yourself and like why don't you just leave everyone alone, blah 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 blah. But then it, I kind of learned I was like, there's no point feeding negativity with negativity. You need to like transfer it to positivity type thing. So, you know, and yeah. it's it's a hard one, but yeah, it's 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 do it's doable and it's not doable if that makes sense at the same time. But yeah, no, if you, I would never scroll through Facebook or Instagram and see something and be like, I'm gonna comment something nasty about this person. So, the people that are doing that are probably going through like hard times in their life, and they probably do need the love. That's always sort of what I've been told. Like, someone be negative, be positive to them. If that person's probably like in a bad headspace at the time, and it's just their way to vent, they probably don't mean anything by it. It's just their way to vent but because us as the creator we see it and we take it personal like it feels like an attack but for them you're just a person on the internet which is on their feed and they're like yeah fuck you mm-hmm. i've seen it loads of times <laughs> i've had it as well oh it um and on in the nicest way possible i'd be surprised if you haven't been a creator that's the thing any creator has negativity but it does take the thing like yours is you know great analogy you just said as well is that the if somebody is commenting negative like a successful, happy, again, we're not talking about money because, as you said yourself, success is not necessarily money. It's not going to go on social media and start commenting negative stuff about people all the time. Yeah. They're just going to scroll past it and they're just going to be like, oh, I don't like that. Scroll. I don't like that. They're not actually going to type, yeah. I don't like that. They're just going to say it in their head. I'm not interested in this. And scroll past it. They're not actually going to spend a couple of minutes of their day typing negative comments. It's, and you'll see with them, um, you're so as well with being in fitness, it's great, can really relate with yourself is that you would you'll see it on if somebody lifts a lift the wrong way you know they're maybe doing the wrong yeah, thing yeah. on their backs maybe they're a bit curved even though sometimes it's not you know sometimes it might just be because they're hitting a personal best and they're like oh your back was terrible but they forget the guy was like dead lifting like 300 kilos so there's <laughs> like obviously his back's going to be it's 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 yeah it's 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 a weird one but with um with with your gym and that how long how long did your uh gym last like how long did you last managing to have it um so it went through like a fair few different transformations like i've got adhd and dyslexic as well so like my brain is firing constantly so for me like my vision was to own a gym like i never went bigger than that it was just like i want to have my own gym and i thought at 19 that was going to take me like 10 years to get there i never thought i'd get there in like two or three years um, so then when I actually got the gym, I was like, cool, now what? Like, I didn't have a plan. So I found myself, I was just going through the motions. Like, I was making good money, which was probably my downfall. Like, I was making good money, so then I was like, do what the fuck I want. Like, it's cool. Like, so I then got bored and was like, I want to start training men. So and an opportunity came to me and it was like, right, let's turn it into a boxing gym. So it went from, like, my clientele was mainly women like personal training boot camps obviously we had men um and then i completely changed it and was like i'm gonna go to a boxing gym needless to say that didn't work out the best so then after about a year two years i think of that i then transitioned back um and i then named it super parent fitness um did a massive rebrand and I sort of went back as a name tells to helping parents get fit, basically. So we had kids classes, we had boot camps for parents. I named them all like funky names like Kryptonite and Super Strength. And I sort of went down like the the superhero route of parents. Um, that went for like two years uh, and then literally COVID hit. And then when COVID hit, I was just, obviously personally at the time, the boxing gym when that a lot of stuff happened with that which like affected me i was in a bad relationship at the time as well um that's sort of when i started drinking and uh weed uh having a lot of that that was the very first time we ever touched it i never touched it up until i think i was 25 at that point um and yeah so that that was pretty nasty and then made this transition put like literally everything into this and then covid hit and i was just like uh great it was just the straw which broke the camel's back in essence i'd sort of checked out mentally from it i wasn't necessarily there um we could have survived through covid um, and the gym has gone on too but i just decided to call it quits because i was the place where i was at mentally i wasn't in the right place i was burnt out wasn't looking after myself um obviously my vices which we'll go into in a minute 
uh, and I needed a change in life. So my staff took that over and I sort of just stepped away in essence. Good, yeah. And which some, it's it's like when you see, um, for ex- who's a good podcast, for example, um, YouTube channel, I'm sorry, I meant to say it, is uh, BuzzFeed. Obviously, that was started by like, I think two people, literally two people. And now they have like 20 different presenters, obviously all over, not just on their main thing, obviously all over their um, their one, all over their various different um, avenues and programs and stuff like that. And it, it's you know, it's very relatable to yourself when you when you have to see other people doing what you were doing. And that, is there, you're about uh-huh. to be like, damn, as you're saying, damn, I could have done that or, you know, I could be back. Did you have that? Do you ever have that feeling like, oh, you know, damn, I, could, I kind of want to go back because you've seen people run it and be successful with it or are you just um, looking back I'm fine looking back I feel I've gone through what I've gone through for a reason and like I said at the beginning when I set this business up it was my university in essence um, and then when I became a dad I wasn't that same person I needed a business to reflect who I was then at that person so the gym business for me was probably like the single jack it wasn't the family jack um, so I do look back over it in essence and be like, I created something. I was pretty, I'm like proud of what I did in essence. Um, and then when I've moved as well. So I've moved from Manchester to Devon. That was part of all like the transition. Um, and I, I looked at setting something up down here, but I've just not, I've not done it in person. I can't, I've built my business online instead. Um, so yeah, like that was just Jack when I was 20 I'm now on a completely different journey I've got like a completely different vision so I look back with fond memories I've learned a load of lessons and I feel I've needed to go through everything I've gone through to get me to where I am today in essence so the answer to your question is I don't look back with like jealousy or anything like I'm proud of what I did I've learned my lessons I've learned and I've needed to go through that to be where I am today well done you as well that's and that's some journey from you know being to Devon twice that's yeah and as people obviously know i stay in it i stay in scotland at the moment um and it's mm-hmm. yeah it's, it's it's literally the bottom like way 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 down south and that what made you want to yeah. go there versus maybe like for example what made you want to go there for maybe even like going up the way so like moray and i think moray is like the top of scotland i think that's what you call it anyway like way up the bug with scotland what made you want to go down down the way uh so Basically, we've got friends who live in Exmouth uh, and we've come down a couple of times and we've seen them and we actually really liked it. So Exmouth is just like a beachfront. It's a nice sandy beach. In summer, it's it's quite warm, so you can go in the sea. It's nice. Um, and it, where we are, it's just a nice place to bring up a family. Like Manchester, I love Manchester. It's where I was brought up, but it wasn't necessarily the best place to like sort of bring a family up. Like it was getting rougher where we were, like the area we were, like the knife crimes on the rise. Um, and we just thought, you know what? We want a big change. Like I needed the change at the time. We had friends down here and we're like, why don't we just move down here? And we sort of did it. We didn't even look at the house or anything like that. So we didn't buy, we've just rented. Um, but we've, we've rented without necessarily even looking at the house. We just thought if it's meant to be, it's meant to be. And it, it sort of worked out that way in essence. Yeah, yeah. And I guess it'll make you, like you said, able to concentrate on your business and concentrate on helping people and things like that. Is there, before we t- touch into the vices and stuff like that, <laughs> is there a big, again, this might be a common sense question. I always say to pe- the, the people as well, I might be getting like screamed at in the comments for something, but for this being a silly question, <laughs> but is business online a lot different from business in person like the way you go about it the way it conducts and things or is there slight Um, things or similarities i think the principles of business are always the same like i feel no matter what like the principles of business are the same like the way you deliver the business is different like for me it took a bit of learning to do it and um i felt like i was in the idea phase for ages I was just on on the hamster wheel in essence just going round and round and round and then I just needed to take the plunge and have that belief in myself again that well actually you've done it before you can do it I wouldn't say there's a a massive difference if you understand the principles of it I guess it's understanding the way a business is run and the way a business like you conduct yourself and things like yeah it's it's, um yeah good good for you to be honest with you but now you're um 
We'll touch in to, to Vice as, as much as we can, obviously. You know, as people know, you obviously need to... You, you know, with talking about vices and that, it, it's hard for people to hear. So, like, obviously, because if you're still trying to get over them and that. So I will say to people, if you're not, in, if you're, you know, if, it's, if you're dealing with stuff like that and you don't want to talk about it, this is, like, the one point where to, you know, thingy in that. Because I remember when I was going through, um, obviously, I know it's about you, Bubs, relate back to myself a little bit. You know, when I was becoming sober and that, the one thing that, that was hard for me to hear about, I'm sure you, you know, yourself and that as well, is that was, like, was was vices was like you know alcohol and substances and various different stuff and that like the things that you used to deal with and that you couldn't necessarily be around them if that makes sense um so yeah, yeah no massive what for your for for your vices and that and um you know what what well, and how to explain this what necessarily made you go to that versus doing i know this is a really might be a common sense question again, but versus doing what some people do, and they kind of like just like not run away, but like move completely. I know you did move away, but for instead of doing the vices, what what did you made you do them versus maybe doing like something else, like moving away or like going doing this or like traveling or you know? So I I think you yeah. know what I'm trying to hint at here, but what made you do that? Yeah, yeah. So obviously at the time I had the business, um, and in essence, like the business to me felt like a massive anchor, like I felt trapped by the business in essence like I couldn't move away because I had the business where I was um and I started on like I mentioned the weed it was the oil at first so I put that under my tongue um and it would take like an hour to hit me and it would be nice because for me I was escaping myself in essence that's what I was trying to do I was trying to escape my brain because at the time I didn't necessarily fully understand myself like the way that my brain works I always thought because my brain was like so active so on the go so constantly thinking of new ideas that I was like wrong like I was weird for for that it's only now I've sort of learned that in essence it's as cheesy as it sounds it's sort of like my, my superpower if you know what I mean like the way my brain works um, so I was taking the weed to sort of numb the conversation which was going on in my head and it was the only time where I could be present in the moment. I wasn't thinking about what I needed to do at work. I wasn't thinking about clients. I was thinking, ah, I'm in the moment, I'm relaxed. I can maybe sit and watch TV and just shut off. I didn't have to worry about bills, my problems outside. And that's sort of how it started for me. And then it, it went from one day to the next day to the next day. And I think it was like every day for a year of just having the oil. But because I could sort of still go about my day, I never thought I had a problem, if you know what I mean. Because yeah. I could still I could still turn up for work. And at, at the time, I thought it's helping me because I was concentrating in the moment. So I was writing emails and everything. And I was like, boom, that's the best email I've ever wrote. Like, I felt top. Um, but eventually, obviously, too much of anything gets the better of you and and as my sort of stress built up with like the business um because I was high I wasn't necessarily performing at my like optimum level even though at the time I thought I was so everything wasn't getting done to like sort of the standard which I set so over time that standard went down and then with that I got more problems more stress my staff necessarily weren't doing things to the standard which I expected so then that created more stress and clients weren't happy um, and in turn, I got more stress, so I just had more weed. And it then ended up to a vicious cycle. Um, I then started drinking. Now, like I said, I've never been like a big drinker. Um, but sort of COVID hit, and uh, the weed wasn't hitting me fast enough because it was oil. So I was like, oh, I'll drink. Like it was in the cupboard. So I started drinking. <laughs> I'll drink like a bottle of rum, vodka, everything like that. And it, it wasn't necessarily like I enjoyed drinking and I just enjoyed getting out of my head and it just made me forget my problems. But at the time, I didn't think I had a problem with drinking. It was like, oh, I'm fine. I'm just I'm just stressed at the minute. And I just kept telling myself that um, until I, I was like a, a shadow of my former self, if you know what I mean. Like I felt like I had all this potential and I was wasting it. Yeah, yeah. I mean... Totally, I know, and I totally agree with it. To get, bringing back memories, to be honest with you, like I totally, you know, believe in like everything you're saying. I'm sure everybody will, and I think that the fact that like it's weird how you have vices, you know, you have things that can turn you off before you. For for me, it was spending too much time. Um, obviously, with being sober and that, there's 
there's there's that but even for me nowadays to concentrate on stuff I was concentrating on too much like silly things so like things that like um like overthinking so things that you just way out of your control but before you know it then the slight things so then a bill comes up and you're like how am I going to pay this or like this comes up yeah. and you're like how am I going to I can't be there this time because I booked this for this or I can't be um I can't go to work today but you can go to work today but it's because you're overthinking it's it's great it's, it's crazy and that how say say um you know, obviously, before we, we continue on there, say like somebody is struggling with vices just now, whether that be, you know, we'll just say vices in a whole, because I guess you never know, I guess you, you genuinely do never know what someone's going through when you're speaking to them naturally. Yeah. But what would you say to somebody that necessarily is struggling with different vices to like try and obviously saying come off easy, anybody can say come off, but to actually do it's the, the hard part. So even to try and help somebody to wind them off, what would you what information would you give them like for me at the time i never necessarily realized i had a problem so i, I feel that first off you've got to realize you've got the problem and now someone saying to you you've got a problem isn't isn't gonna happen like you need like a massive life event in essence to happen for you to be like oh sh shit um and then i think feel once you've sort of had that epiphany again it's going back to a vision like you have to have a vision of what life could be without that and work towards something else like i found looking back like my vices became because i was sort of unbalanced i didn't have like the basic foundations of life so to speak so my sleep was erratic some nights i'd be sleeping six hours some nights i'd be sleeping four some nights i'd get in at eight o'clock and i'll sleep right the way through till six the next morning so i never had like the foundations of life so it's then working on yourself so it was like working on your sleep working on your health like your nutrition and just building you as a person forget everything else just build you as a person like as you become better then life becomes better so it's realizing you've got the problem asking for help if you need help and then just focusing on you and working towards that vision of of the future yeah exactly I and like you're saying as well, is the, the hardest part, uh, I think people find is that actually admitting you have a problem in the first place is until some, because anybody could say, you know, you have a problem, you know, mom, dad, girlfriend, boyfriend, whatever, could say that you have a problem, even your boss, and you're like, nah, I don't. And then again, that comes to, like, so it's a circle back to what we were saying and the fact that like, then you start making excuses. He's like, oh, that person says I have a problem. So like, you'll stop going into work because it'll be the way you look and the way you feel honestly the, the the your your mind when your mind starts playing games like that it's it's amazing the roads you go down like it, it's it, it's fascinating yeah. to be honest with you but what um so it's like sorry so like for me <laughs> this is a personal story but i'm willing to share it so um i was smoking weed so i started smoking when covid hit because i found like the oil wasn't hitting me fast enough so i was like a smoke and then that would hit me within a minute while well, as i was smoking it would hit me um, I ended up then I was probably smoking about an ounce a week so I was constantly smoking constantly smoking I went from not smoking to smoking that a week um, and what I actually found was like my biggest fear so coming from the gym industry at the time like I always thought if you're going to be a personal trainer you need to be like big muscular so I went through phases of like going on steroids and everything like that and like for me, um, a massive part, like a worry on steroids was like, I don't want to get gyno. So, you know, when you, you develop a tip, basically. Um, when I first started weed, I just came off a cycle um, and I didn't come off the cycle properly. And then I started on weed on the oil. So I feel like my hormones were all out of balance, which was fine. Um, but the moment I started smoking, that's when I feel like my hormones went completely OTT. And then I just started to develop like a boob, like gyno, literally a woman's breast, basically. I, la I laugh about it now because it's funny, but I would see it in the mirror. But that to me was like my biggest fear. But I was, smoking was helping me that much. So I told myself um, that I just kept on going. So there were signs that it was affecting my body, but I chose to ignore it in essence. So I forgot what the question is and why I've booked in with that, but I would see things and be like, oh, this isn't right. But that for me should have been a massive sign that right, what I'm doing is not good, but it wasn't. I carried on, I carried on, I carried on, I carried on. So yeah, I just feel like for me, it was a massive life event, like a cold, wet fish slapped me around my face and I was like, wow, like 
I had to step back and I feel maybe getting out of your sort of your environment and taking that like a thousand foot view rather than like the 10 foot view so you can really see like your life the directions it's going would would help you yeah yeah exactly yeah I didn't I, I didn't I, I definitely um have to put this I definitely have had uh the 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 notion like um I was saying to yourself with the way I compete and people will know as well that follow like my main Instagram account will know that I do and you always have the notion that you need to take the the steroid route, be the biggest, the strongest. With competing in strongman, there's just people that are just beyond a joke. They're like gods. But then you figure yeah. out, wait a minute, this guy's on stuff and you're not. Obviously, there is the natural stuff, but, you know, the, the people, there's like certain routes that people go down and you're like, why am I as strong as that person? And then obviously, like you were saying, you need to look a certain way. So then you start taking it. And what was... um. What was the, was it just, was it literally that notion that you were like, you know, you need to be big and muscly and stuff to take a gym, so you yeah. decided, to, or was there more behind it? Uh, it was mental, so like, as a kid, I was always very skinny growing up, like, I'm not, I'm not a massive person, I'm tall, uh, but I was always very skinny, so for me, I've got asthma, which was another reason why I probably shouldn't be smoking. Um, and my chest, I don't, I think it's like pigeon chest, so my chest would stick out slightly because um, I had asthma. Um, and my brother used to always sort of tease me about it, like, oh, look at your chest, look at your chest. So I was always, I think, like, that's why I started working out. So I started doing, like, press-ups, pull-ups, so I could get pecs. So I'd be like, fuck you. <laughs> um, but I feel, I feel like I'd always been, like, body conscious because of that. Even when I went into the gym, people always used to tell me, oh, you need to eat a sandwich. Like, look at you, you're dead skinny. So... I had that in the back of my mind. And then when I used to tell people, oh, I'm a personal trainer, they're like, you're a personal trainer, look at you. So I felt like, oh, fine then. Uh, right, I'm going on I'm going on the steroids then. Um, and I did, I blew, I blew up. I was a lot bigger than what I am now. Um, and it just turned into them. I started on one cycle, two cycles, and then my addictive personality kept in. Then I was on cycle all year. Um, and it was more for me, it turned to a point was I got bigger, I got more attention, and then I got more girls, in essence. So it, it, it sort of drove down to that. It was, yeah, it was probably just like the attention, like I, I sort of craved the attention. I was big, people like people sort of respected me, they weren't calling me skinny, and I felt more confident within myself. Um, but again, that was just mental weakness, in essence. Uh, whereas now I don't I don't take anything. My training is completely different. Um, I'm more sort of training for like longevity and like health reason, uh, health, because um, obviously I've abused my health over the last few years. Um, and mentally, I'm in a lot better headspace. Like I'm not in bad shape. Um, I'm quite lean now, um, but I feel it was judgment of other people and worrying what other people think of me. Whereas now I've gone through what I've gone through, and I've realised like it doesn't necessarily matter too much about what other people think. So I feel that was what it was. It, and it doesn't, that's the thing. And, but it's easy enough us saying that, you know, as, as you'll know yourself, you know, oh, I don't care what this person thinks, but then to wing back on what we are saying before, then you get that negative comment and you're like, ah, damn it. Like, here we go. And then you start thinking of it before yeah. you, there's, and it sits and you can say, like I was saying, it's fair enough you can say to yourself that, um, it doesn't bother you and things, but then, like you were saying, it clearly did, and obviously, it sat in your head on think times you just weren't expecting. You're like, damn, I wonder, like, you know. And I do feel like there is, like, um, I'm not personal training myself, but you know, like we we're saying, I have loads of friends that are in personal training, loads of them. Um, I'm sure you still do as well, and that you do. There is kind of a stigma about you have to be muscly, big, ripped, um, compete. Yeah. Um, you kind of have to have something about you when in the nicest way possible i've got and i won't mention the people's names but i think two three or well two three or four i think one of them's actually you know kind of changed the way uh, she went about things so, well i think it's about two or three guys now um that aren't in the best of shape but these guys have more successful clients than anybody like they just it's, yeah. because they're not concentrating on themselves which is obviously a problem but they're concentrating on other people there is that there's that you know that side of it as well but See, when you were coming off um, steroids and things, I'm sure people might be, might be interested in this. What, what was that transition like? Because, again, I've, no, I've never done it, so I don't know. I can't, I can't explain. Uh, Apparently, there's like a huge thing when you do see yourself getting smaller. You're like, ah, 
I might just tempt it to go again. What's 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 your uh, thing? Yeah. So like I find and speaking to people who have done it like most people when they come off steroids they stop going to the gym as well and this is what I sort of did at that that point as well just because of the way my life was going I was that stressed and I was just like I'm going to have a break from just training so I got fat but it wasn't because I stopped the steroids it was because I stopped doing everything as well um the the other times when like uh, I've been on cycle then I've come off cycle and you lose a bit of size because most of the time when you're on steroids, it is water. So like you'll lose a lot of the water. So you're never necessarily going to keep 100% of the size. Um, but it's it's on the, like the hormonal level, like the change like that. I could feel like a big change in like my mood. I wasn't snappy or anything like that. But the more and more cycles I did, I didn't feel that same jack before I started to cycle, if you know what I mean. Like maybe... A, my sense of humor wasn't the same or things like that. I just noticed slight changes than the more cycles I do because in essence, it is messing with our hormones and our hormones is who we are as a person, if you know what I mean. Um, and I felt more emotional, but that's because of my estrogen levels were all, all shot. <laughs> so obviously estrogen levels are your female hormones as well. So I was more like a woman, so to speak. <laughs> and I had tits as well. <laughs> yeah, the, the, so... What what was the reason? Um, I don't think we. What 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 was the reason you actually fully stopped taking them? Though, like I know you're saying <laughs> you were on, uh, because you were you know smoking at the time, but was there was there yeah. another reason behind it as well? Or? Um. So at the time, um, I was in a bad relationship. I was on I was on steroids, and that went like really sour, and it completely fucked my head. Um, I wasn't in a good place at the time the boxing element of the gym which I had as well that was going sour and that relationship turned pretty nasty um, and I just had like a load of stuff going on and I couldn't cope and I just like I'm stopping everything um, I didn't stop everything because that's when I went hard on the weed but like I just had to step away then I didn't because I worked out at the time at my gym and the gym was like the boxing as well. So then I got out of the habit and routine of exercising and yeah, it was all just because of that really. I just suddenly stopped. Like I have never done that in the past. I normally would do like a PCT. I was quite, I say clever when I did it. Like I looked at the science, I got proper recommendations, did all the blood work. So I was on top of what I was doing, but this time my head had just completely gone because of life, maybe the steroids as well, and just everything which I was doing. So I just completely stopped it and never touched it since. Yeah, yeah. You ever, um, you know, how, how long have you been completely sober? Uh, off the steroids, um, probably like four or five years. Um, off the weed, <laughs> literally six months now i say completely off it um so even when i moved up even when i moved i'm even when i moved down here i would still have it every now and then just because i was like oh i'm stressed i need it it helps me i was i wasn't having it as much um but i found it it would creep back in and it would creep back in and then then one day i was just like, i ain't fucking doing this and just binned everything and then never touched it again um drink wise I was, like I said, I was never a big drink. It was really in the height of COVID, but it, it got really, really, really bad. And I was like, wow, like, I'm, I've got that addictive personality. I, if I do something once, I like it, then I'll do it again and again and again. And I, I don't know when to stop. So I just thought I'm not touching any of it. Um, and instead, I've sort of gone really hard on my exercise instead. So that is my addiction now, so to speak. And it keeps me keeps me in line. Good, good. The, where I was where I was going with that was? Do you ever miss um, any of your vices? You know, steroids, the the, the smoking, or yeah. Do you ever miss any at all? Uh, don't miss steroids. Uh, don't miss drinking. The only thing I do miss is the weed. Um, and it's it's not necessarily the weed; it's the smoking. Um, and I've got a friend down here who lives in Exmouth, and he smokes it. And I feel like whenever I see him, it would be nice just to be like, oh just have a smoke because i feel like it does help relax me but i also know that i can't control i can't control it and i know like at the in the moment i'll like it but then driving back in the car my brain will be going crazy i'll be overthinking everything i'll probably be 
tripping, like thinking people are going to come in after me, like you know, just having a bad bad trip on it. Um, so yeah, it's not necessarily worth it. And like I said, I've got the vision now and I've got the goal. Like a goal for me is I want to surpass a hundred, so I want to live till till I'm past a hundred. Crazy goal, but I thought you know what, let's just try and shoot for it. So it will impact that goal, and I feel knowing that I'm not going to touch it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it, it's crazy because a lot of people go down the, the obviously, like we're saying, the, the party and lifestyle now. It's still, it's still there, but it's not, in my opinion, it's not as big. And obviously, that's just me being, it's just my opinion at it. But would you, you know, and it's crazy that you never went down um, in the nicest way possible. And everybody doesn't go down the whole, you know, going to clubs and doing uh, recreational drugs, that's usually what people end up doing vices. When they've got a lot of stress, they'll go out and party and they'll drink and they'll, you know, do various different yeah. other drugs and things like that. Was, did you ever have that kind of notion? Or were you like, no, no that's way too, that's way too like... I'm always, obviously I've got friends who did all of that, but for me, I was always sort of being dead against it. Like, nothing morally wrong, but everyone has like advice. Like, I don't judge anyone if they do it, but for me, it just goes through me anything going up your nose is oh, like i can't stand it like it freaks me out thinking about it um but yeah so they, it was never for me i would go out to clubs and i would go out partying but i never touch that like it's just it's not who i am as a person and i feel that i'm always where i'm i know i have that other side i mean you know like the devil or whatever that other person my addictive personality and i just feel if i ever touch that that would get hold of me way too much yeah. I won't be able to control it, so I just stay completely away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's um, yeah. It's not. It's not worth, you know, trying or doing. It's definitely not. I know people um personally that have like tried it once. So you know, I'm just gonna do this. It's a party, and fair enough. And you know, everybody usually everybody tries everyone once, but then it's like then the next time you see them, they're high, and you're like, what? What have you been doing? You know. What and they tell you what they've been doing, you know, various different vices and stuff, and you're like, I thought that was only once, and they're like, yeah, I won't do it again, and then it's again, and then it's yeah. again. And the next thing you know, they're like, can I borrow money? Can you take? Can you drive me here? And it's like, I ain't going anywhere with you because I don't know what you're going to be doing. I don't know who you're going to have in in, in your pocket. Yeah. It's, it's a shame. It's a shame when it grabs a hold of people. But I do think addiction stems from somewhere. You know, what I mean, there's always yeah. that little thing that, it, as you're saying, stress or if there's anything else going on in people's life. It usually just stems and then all of a sudden, boom, once you get that little yeah, thing th- so. I Like from my experience and the experience of people I sort of work with now, it's the unbalance. Like we're not officially balanced in life, if you know what I mean. Maybe we're working too much, so then we need a release. Or maybe we're not working at all, so then we need a release from like our actual situation. So I feel it's an extreme, if you know what I mean, that there's a, an unbalance in life to point us in that direction. But um, so say there is um, you know, say somebody is like, as I saying, is is uh, is coming off of it and is maybe having like withdrawal symptoms. I'm sure you know you didn't, and definitely know when I became sober, I definitely did, and it's uh, still to this day, which is weird. But um, would you, what would you say to somebody that's suffering with like withdrawal symptoms? Like, damn, I really want to do it, and they're all there's always that little temptation. What's what's your advice to that person? <sighs> Well, I couldn't give advice on all the other stuff. I could only give advice on what what I've sort of used and done. And for like me, it's just not putting myself in those environments and focusing on something else. So these times where I've been sat and I'm like, oh, I really want a joint, really want a joint. And it's just as woo-woo as it sounds and hippie-ish, I actually try and meditate and just gain control of my my body if you know what i mean and my mind like it's my mind playing games on myself i can control this it's just building that mental toughness towards it so all i literally do i'm not the best at meditating so i couldn't teach you um but i just literally lay on my bed i put noise cancelling headphones in close my eyes and just try and focus on my breath and just deal with that emotion because i feel for me it's normally like a stress or it's anger or it's some sort of emotion which is making me crave that if you know what I mean. So it's just getting a deeper connection with yourself as, as hippie-ish and woo-woo as it sounds, I feel. If you understand yourself more, you'll understand why you're getting that craving, if you know what I mean. Yeah, it's true, it's true though. It's true, that's fine. Yeah, just, you're strong enough. If, if you've managed to stop it, you're strong enough to keep on going. Just try and 
go on a walk, go on a run, do something completely different to change your mindset. And I feel exercise is a massive part to change your mindset. You're literally 20 minutes away from a good mood if you do a good workout. Oh, yeah. And especially if, like, you know, you end up hitting a PR or something like that. That's, as I say to people, that hit of hitting a, a, a PR, aka personal record, I'm sure people know that though, is, is a whole nother, <laughs> it's a whole nother ball game. It's, it's, you feel literally on top of the world for ages, ages and ages. It's, uh-huh. it's, it's a different kind of euphoria, to be honest with you. But what, um, you know, just a, a topic to finish off on, what would you, what's your, uh, you know, not five year plan? That's something that, you know, you get asked in school and things like that. But, What's, yeah. What, kind of technically though, what's your like future plans with like you know where you want to go and where you want to go now? You know, growing your business, podcast. What's your? We'll, we'll say like ten years. Cause that's a bit. Five years is a bit. Middle yeah. ten years is probably better one. So on like a, a personal level, I literally want to be off grid, living in a forest somewhere, just like living off the land in essence. That's sort of like my goal on a personal level where I want to be. Uh, business level i want to just be making an impact i want to be making the world a better place so to speak as as cheesy as it sounds i want to be helping dads who are in a similar spot to where i was so i'd like my podcast to be doing well and helping people that way Uh, i like the business to be helping people i've not necessarily got like i want to be helping ten thousand people a thousand people if i could literally change 10 people's lives i'd be happy as larry about that so it's just helping people be better and go and enjoying the journey which I'm going through. I just want to enjoy each day and what, what will come will come. Obviously, I've got my vision sort of where I want to take it to with a business, um, but it's just enjoying the process. That's something I've learned along the way. I've just got to enjoy it. 100%. Yeah. Now, now I always like to get people's, um, I know we're saying that people can reach you before, but I'll, I'll get them again in that in it various if you have them as social medias that people can get you on or find you on or be able to follow you on as everybody knows i obviously follow them so you'll be able to get it from me through them but just in case you know people are listening to this and they don't follow social media or something but yeah so i'm actually (laughs) running an online business i should be more online but i'm actually not so the only thing i've got is facebook which i think it's facebook.com i am jack stacy i think that's what it is um and my podcast which is ambitions of a dad um for me i try and stay off social media as much as i can because i just know how my mind works it's the addictive personality i find myself if i literally go in for a wee i'll pick my phone up scroll through facebook and everything like that and i've and then YouTube, and I'm on there for hours, so I've just deleted everything off my phone, and I just try and not be on it, if you know what I mean. Yeah, well, well that's, I commend you for that, because I remember what it was, I've only, I've only been properly back on my own social media for about, in fact, May coming this year, it'll be a year. It's like, it's, uh-huh. and it's, 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 it's crazy, the differences. People need to try it. I have like a, I usually try and have like a, like a three day cleanse. So I'm just not on obviously schedule and post and all that sort of stuff, but I'm not actually active on anything for three days and then come off once a year. And that it, it, it does help. It majorly, majorly yeah. helps to be honest with you, but it's, it's crazy because you just get time to yourself and with your thoughts. And if you're like business related, like I am, like you can come up with good ideas and your mind's not constantly taking things in. So it's, can process things a lot more i try and have like i have a day family friday so friday is a family day so i have found my phone is creeping back in but i just try and leave my phone in my office or in the gym where i am now so i don't touch it so i'm literally present um because i can be playing with the kids but scrolling on my phone and watching a video on youtube and they're talking to me and i'm just like yeah 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 i'm not present in the room if you know what i mean so it does it takes our attention away massively, but that's what it's designed to do. Yeah, yeah, it's it's attention keeping, and there's lots of like TV programs and all this sort of. I actually watched uh, Black Mirror, and they have episodes about social media and that, and it's crazy that the, the type of environments and things that go on and distraction. That's yeah, that's definitely a conversation for another day. That program, it's amazing. I love it, but man, it blows your mind. Some of the stuff, like, but yeah anyway um what i will say though is i do appreciate your time and i'm sure everybody appreciates no your story worries, thank you. you know you've been able to open up and that is obviously hard for you to do and um with everybody it's hard to do but with it with able to listen to somebody that can open up you probably helped people be able to open up that's the thing as well which is amazing you know what i mean but yeah and as as always everybody you know 
I appreciate you liking, commenting, subscribing, and which is actually blown up, which is crazy. It's crazy. It's it's crazy to see, and I'm sure Jack will be able to relate when you actually concentrate on something and put something in it, starts to grow and grow and grow, and people recognise you from it, and you get even, it's 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 a weird feeling getting recognised for something like this, but great feeling, but strange. <laughs> Don't kill everybody to get fully lit. Uh, ready for it but yeah anyway jack i appreciate your time and everybody yeah like comment subscribe and uh, thank you very much for watching and listening thank you i'll see you later jack no thank you you've been listening to in kyle's convo <laughs>